0: Uh, Chuck, now Chuck mentioned distractions, so I don't want you to be distracted by time okay <laughs> don't be distracted by time last Sunday Resurrection Sunday, Brother Witt spoke and done a great job uh, and we talked about a little bit about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and I thought it was uh, really important for the next step and that's what I wanted to speak on today, the next step. Uh, What is our next step after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, after we've obeyed the doctrine? What is our next step? Our next step is growth. If we're not growing, we're distracted by the cares of the world. If we're not growing, we are led astray by every wind of doctrine that comes our way. So our next step is growth. And it is, it is, growing is, the, is essential for Christian life. If we're not growing, we're not planting roots. If we don't have roots, we're blown over by the wind of the world. We've got to have roots. The farmer, when he cares for his field, when he nurtures his field, it grows his crops. It produces a good crop, and then he cashes in on that crop. Well, we are the crop of the Lord. And if we're not nurtured by the word of God, then we die. We have to grow. Our next step is grow. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory. 1 Peter chapter 2. As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. I can barely see that. I think we need a bigger TV. We we might need it, and I'm, and I'm sure we'd probably think that too. We need a bigger TV, on that wall right there. So I'm just going to be turning around and read from this screen right here. I have it right here too, but I like just the boldness of it. Second uh, Peter one and five, but also this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, and that's what we want to talk talk about. Adding to our faith. Now if we're not adding to our faith the word of God, we're adding the cares of the world to our life. Now the ears are a recorder. And whatever we hear, the mind records that which we hear, and then it is programmed within us and is recalled at some specific time. So if we're not programming the word in our hearing, in our heart, in our mind, then we're programming that which is surrounding us in the world. We've got to grow, we've got to add to our faith. Now we had the faith to obey that doctrine. Now we've got to have earnest desire to grow our faith. Now all who believe, this particular passage is talking about Christians. And Peter is telling us at this particular time, you've got to add some things to your faith. You've got to grow. You just can't have faith alone. Now I know when we was baptized... And we put on Jesus Christ in baptism. And we gained that salvation. And we were redeemed by the blood that was shed. But there's still a next step as a Christian. See, it's difficult to be a Christian. It takes no effort to live in sin. No effort, no thought. But it takes earnest effort to walk in the light as he is in the light. But also for this very reason, given all diligence... Add to your faith. Peter is listing seven graces here that we have to add to our faith. And these are called the elements of these graces. So what Peter is telling us, we need to add to our faith. We need to add, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. And all these things are the basis for which we're going to grow our Christian life, from which we are going to plant our roots deep in the ground. Just like a tree planted by the rivers of water, I shall not be moved. If we're not adding these Christian graces to our life, then we will be moved. For the next few minutes, I want to talk about, I want to make three observations about this particular passage in 2 Peter. One is the importance of growth. And this is kind of a rewind lesson here. I've taught this lesson before, but because of Witt's lesson on the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, on Resurrection Sunday, I thought it was really important for people to understand what their next step is. A lot of people don't know what the next step is. A lot of people think that once we get baptized in the watery, watery graves of baptism, we come out real excited and gun ho about serving the Lord, and then we kind of taper off, and then we just we, we steady. We on that same plane for the duration. But Peter said it is important for us to grow as Christians. He also said. The purpose of growth. He's telling us what the purpose of growth is. And then we want to look at the elements of growth. And I think it's really significant for us as Christians that we really understand what the word of God has in store for us as Christians and what the direction is and the map that it's already laid out in the world, what that map is pointing to. And God has given us all things. I mean, all things. All things. Peter said, as his divine power has given to us all things. When the Bible said all things, he means all things. There's no uh, continuous revelation. God has given us all things. And if God was still speaking to us today, what would he say? He says, I've already given you all things. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who calls us by his glory and virtue. God has laid out the plan. He, he knew what kind of people he was dealing with, especially me. I speak for myself. He knew that, uh, hey, they're going to be lazy sometimes, and they're really not going to get into that and, and figure it out. So I'm going to lay it out for them. I'm going to make it as easy as possible for them to get to heaven. I'm not going to force them but I'm going to lay it out for them. And all they got to do is follow directions. Now, I know most women always say men don't follow directions well. And that's kind of true, because I, I don't. And most of the time, my wife is always right. I don't mind saying that. If she say, she say this is wrong with the car, I hear this. And I'll say, no, nah, you're just hearing things. And then when I break down, I'll be like, man, I should have listened. But God is telling us, hey, this plan of salvation, this plan to heaven, the direction is already laid out. You don't have to GPS it. You don't have to go on your garment and punch in heaven. It's already laid out. All we've got to do is follow the instructions. Peter didn't say that, all things pertaining to life will be given to us. He didn't say that all things pertaining to life are being given to us, but he said all things pertaining to life and godliness have been given to us. And this was true in the 21st century. This is true. All things have been given to us to get us to what we need to be in a relationship with God. Now, last year, we went through a lot of rough things with COVID. We lost a lot of people, some Christians, some not. Some know God and some don't. A lot of trials and tribulation that people went through. And I have to be honest with you, for the ones that don't know the Lord, for the ones that are not growing in the Lord, it was really extraordinarily tough. They couldn't handle it. Some people could not handle it. Now things are opening back up and the world's really gotten crazy. I don't know if y'all see that, but anybody, is it just me? But you can tell when things, are, when things have opened back up, the world's gotten really crazy. People are just, man, people are shooting one another, running people over, driving like maniacs. It's, it's really crazy. And what are we going to do? If we're not growing Christians, then we have a dimly lit light. We have a dimly lit light if we're not growing Christians. And who's gonna see that light in the world like we live in today? I honestly believe this is gonna be the new norm. And I think it's gonna get worse and worse and worse. I don't think it's gonna get any better. That's just my opinion. I don't think it's gonna get any better. We've got to shine brightly for the Lord. As his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life from God through the knowledge of him who calls us. So first off, I want to look at some of the ways we're going to uh, grow. So the Greek word, it's not the ordinary Greek word for gnosis, but epignosis. Knowledge towards an object ever maturing but never matured. This is knowledge that, that is profound, too profound for mastery, Uh, that we're continuously learning, but we're never going to reach the pinnacle. It's a continuous thing. It's like taking a a cup and scooping water out of the ocean for about 20 or 30 years, and then looking back, and it's still a lot of water there. The knowledge, the word of God works just like that. We can mature, or we're going to be ever maturing, but we're never going to reach the pinnacle of maturity. That means we continually learn. And I've noticed sometimes when I'm reading Scripture, I can read back over the same thing and see something different. I don't know if you ever done that, amen? All right, y'all pretty quiet, so that means I can go an extra hour, right? Okay, an extra hour is coming. So when I read Scripture and I go back and read that same passage or a new passage, I see something totally different. And I'm like, wow, I just read over that. And then I asked myself, did I read it too fast? Did I not pay attention to it? And I'm like, no, I, really, I saw that. But we are maturing as Christians, but never mature. means we're not going to ever reach the pinnacle. We'll never reach the pinnacle of understanding of scriptures. But we continually grow on a daily basis, drawing closer to God through his knowledge. By which, having given to us exceedingly and precious promises... And my wife wanted me to highlight that. She, she said, that's really important. I, I really skimmed over precious promises. And she said, you need to highlight that. Because I, I had to look over the stuff. She said, why are you skimming over that? So I highlighted precious promises. God has given us promises that if we do these things, that if we follow in obedience to what Scripture said, then we have a promise that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Now, he's not talking about us uh, becoming deity. But what he's talking about is that the more we study Scripture, the more we gain knowledge about Scripture, the more godly we become, the more godlike we become, the more holy we become. And that's what we're striving for, to be more God-like, to be like Jesus, to be more holy. And once we do that, we are assured of heaven. See, we all came out of sin. We don't want to go back into it. And some people use grace as a crutch. They say, well, because we got grace, we're going to get forgiveness, so it's okay to sin. No, the Bible said, God forbid. How can we who have died to sin live any longer therein? We've got to keep moving. It's serious for us to keep moving. Partakers of divine nature. This word partakers means sharers or partners. We are sharing in the divine nature of God. We are becoming more and more holy. We are becoming more and more, or we have to, we need to become more and more godly, more and more holy. But also for this very reason, given diligence, add to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge. Peter said given all diligence to grow. Peter said given all diligence to add to your faith. The Greek word for diligence is hasten. We must have the desire. We must have the determination and we must give earnest effort to grow as Christians. Now, you can't hit yourself over the head with the Bible or set the Bible on your head and instantly have knowledge. And that brings me to a story. I shared this story with Whit downstairs that uh, when I was going to inner city, probably my first, there, first day there in inner city, there was a, a minister there teaching named Woody Biggs. And I don't mind calling his name. He's probably laughing right now. But anyway, Woody Biggs. And he was teaching so hard and slobbering was coming out of his mouth. And he was spitting everywhere and spitting on everybody. And I'm up here laughing. I'm just laughing like, what is wrong with him? He got Tourette's or something. (laughs) And by that time, the Bible comes flying up at me. Have you ever had a Bible thrown at you? (laughs) Yeah, the Bible comes flying up and just, just missed me. And that right there began my journey. (laughs) and (laughs) That's where my journey began, with a throne Bible. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, no matter how your journey began uh, in your Christian walk, once you obeyed that doctrine and was obedient in in being baptized and things like that, the, the real journey began for us as Christians. The, the journey to grow, the journey to learn, the journey to add to our faith, the journey to, to draw closer to God, because we can only draw close to God through his word. He's not speaking to us audibly anymore, but he speaks to us through his word. If you want to know him, you've got to get in the pages of this book. He says, I've given you all things. All things mean all things. Let's look at the purpose of growth. Growth First, growth sustains me. It keeps me from dying. Matthew 13 and 20, the sea falls on a rocky ground, refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only for a short time. And when trials and persecution comes, we are torn away. And sometimes that, that early persecution comes from Friends that we had associated with back in the day. But if we got no root in the Lord, then we're going to be easily swayed and easily moved. And it's important for us to grow. Grow and sustain us. Second, growing makes me fruitful in the Lord's service. Second Peter 1 and 8, For if these things are yours and abound in you, you will, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now there's, how do we bear fruit? We bear fruit when our light is shining at its brightest. We don't have to really speak a word sometimes. Now it's good to speak a word, but sometimes if our light is shining at its brightest through trials and tribulation, through persecution, people are going to ask that question. Man, how are you so calm in this situation? How are you handling this? And then that's your opportunity to say, hey, do you know this Jesus. Now, mind you, when you plant that seed, and I was speaking to Witt about this a while back, when you plant that seed of the word in someone's heart, now it may not not move for several years. But when they come in contact with something else that reflects on that seed that they receive, and then that spark is going to give that seed and cause it to grow, and then they're going to say, hey, I heard that two years ago. I didn't pay no attention to it. And now the seed is beginning to germinate within that person. And now they want to know more about God. So you can let your light shine. The, the brighter your light shine, the more opportunities you're going to get to share Jesus. Let's look at reason for growth. And I don't want to go over my time. Um, I wanted an hour. Someone told me about, uh, 20 minutes when I first walked in. I ain't going to call no name, but they said 20 minutes. Uh, And I said, is that 20 minutes after the 30 minutes? Or I didn't know. But So reason for growing. Growing helps me to glorify God. 2 Peter 3.18, but growing the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. If we want to glorify God, we got to be Growing we got to be growing. If we're not growing, we're dying. If we're not growing, when trials and tribulations come, we're we're not going to stand strong. We're not going to stand strong. Second, go and help my light shine. Matthew uh, 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is our goal right here as Christians is to glorify God. Not that we get the glory, but to glorify God. Because when we glorify God and people see that bright light, they want want to know who this God is. And they want to know why we serve him. And then we have an opportunity to say to them, hey, do you know this Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins? He sacrificed his life for you and I. And we can have a relationship with him and one day live with him eternally in the heavenly places it's an opportunity we have to let our light shine if we're if christians are are not strong enough how are we gonna convince somebody else to be strong in the faith we've got to grow things that don't grow die things that don't grow die and we see that every day with farmers we see that with plants and uh, I took agriculture for four years, and I, and I thought I had a green thumb, but my thumb was blue, really. Because uh, I had flowers from, from uh, my mother-in-law's funeral and my mother's funeral, but they didn't last long. And probably the reason why is because, you know, I didn't nurture and care for them. I didn't water them on a daily basis, and I just didn't take no interest in them. And they started dying. I do remember, though, when, the flower, when, when, when plants started to die, You've got to cut off the dead one, otherwise that dead one is going to keep trying to suck all the water up from the good one. So I cut that dead one off, and then the, the other one will be good for a while, and then we're back again. And I'm cutting another one, and by, by the time I got one stem, so I had, I had a blue blue thumb. Also, number three, is that growing helps us stay in the light. 1 John 1 and 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship One with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we want a relationship with Jesus, we've got to walk in the light. That's where he's at. He's not in the darkness. His light overshadows the darkness. We've got to do it. If we don't, then we we die. And I'm not talking about physical death. We're all going to die physically anyway. But I'm talking about spiritual death. And spiritual death is waste worse than physical death because it separates us from God. It's important for us to have that relationship. If we want to have a relationship, we've got to know who he is. And the only way to know who he is is in these pages of this book, the Bible. So what's our next step? Peter said we have to add to our faith. So what are the elements of growth that we have to uh, add to our faith? First is virtue, piety, goodness of life, and more excellence. Spiritual courage to stand firm. We've got to have spiritual courage. John the Baptist had spiritual courage when he preached about marriage and he was beheaded. But he had spiritual courage. We've got to have spiritual courage to stand firm for that which is right in the sight of God. We cannot waver in our faith. We cannot waver in our faith. Second, knowledge, spiritual truth, practical skills in the details of Christianity. We've got to have the practical skills of Christianity. We've got to know why we have that hope. We've got to know why we are Christians, and we've got to be willing to share it. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to stand up here to do that, or everybody has to teach a class to do that, uh, but when we're out and we're talking with friends or people that we associate with, whether it be at work, at the gas station, while we're standing in line, at the store, those are opportunities to share something spiritual with the next person. See, God provides opportunities all the time. The question is do we have our spiritual eyes on to see it? Are we inundated with the cares of the world? Now, if we have on worldly shades, we won't see those spiritual opportunities to share Jesus. We got to have practical skills in the Christian life. Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. His people was destroyed for lack of knowledge. People fall by the wayside as Christians because of lack of knowledge. Because they have no root. Number three, self-control. To hold one's self. Bring into subjection. We've got to be in subjection. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, Paul said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection we've got to discipline ourselves we've got to stay in subjection to the word if our time is spent studying the word of God then we develop that discipline it's just like developing a habit Uh, how many of y'all know what a red light is I know that's a rhetorical question but how many of y'all know red light means stop and then a lot of people didn't raise their hand most people think uh, yellow light means what? Speed up? Yeah, yeah. So we have been conditioned, if you're doing it properly, we've been conditioned to know that the red light means stop, the yellow light means to slow down and prepare to stop, and the green light means go. And we don't have nobody in the car with us saying, hey, the light turning yellow. You need to slow down and prepare to stop. Now, we might have somebody saying, hey, it's yellow. You better speed up. But we know that right off the bat. It's a natural response. So when we can get to that natural response of the word of God, how better will we be as Christians? When it's a natural response to God, how better will it be? We've got to hold ourselves in. We've got to bring ourselves into subjection. We've got to make earnest effort to discipline ourselves. Number four, perseverance, steadfast, persistence, endurance. We've got to persevere as Christians. Now, I know it gets tough sometimes, and uh, I know sometimes we lose control. I- I'm going to be honest. I know everybody has done it. We get upset or somebody. something My pet peeve is when I'm driving in traffic and we're standing still in traffic and we're inching by, and somebody come burling down on the side of the road to bypass traffic, and I have to be honest, I get pretty upset about it. So what I do is, I block that lane. I block, and, I, and my wife said, you're gonna get shot one of these days. And I'm like, well, at least he won't go nowhere. But anyway, we've got to have endurance. We've got to persevere. We've got to stay in the word. The word of God is the only thing that's going to sustain us, I'm telling you. Because it's a crazy world out there, and people are getting really crazy. And sometimes it makes me want to do something to people. Do you feel that way sometimes? I know you do. You ain't going to tell me, but anyway. Now, you're in the house of the Lord. He knows. Okay. Number five, godliness, a deep reverence and piety towards God. Our lives should be like God in the practical, very uh, uh, sense of holiness. And the only way we can become more godlike, more godly, more holy, is reading holy things. It is important for us to see who our God is, what our God is about, what he has done for us, what he is doing for us and what he will do for us. It is important for us to understand that. Number six, brotherly kindness. This deals with spiritual family in the church. And this is really important right here, how we treat one another, how we address one another, how we uh, help one another. And I'm going to put my glasses on to read this. I tell you, getting old ain't no joke. It's not for the weak. I'm just here to tell you right now. I'm starting to feel pains. I'm like, where'd that come from? Galatians 6 and 10, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those of the household of faith. And He put emphasis on especially those of the household of faith. We've got to be there for one another. We've got to lift one another up spiritually. We've got to be the example for one another. We've got to hold one another accountable. And that's that's just the way it is. Jesus set the example. He held uh, his apostles accountable. When they spoke out of turn, when they did something, he was like, well. And I know he was like, why would you do something like that? And I know he says that to me, too. But brotherly kindness. Number seven, and this is the greatest of all, love. This is agape love. This is 1 Corinthians love. This is John 3.16 love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is that kind of love. Jesus laid down his life for us. Now he could have said, these people ain't worth it. Look how they spitting on me and beat me. Look at my apostles. They ain't heard nothing I said. But he said, my father's will be done. And he went to the cross for you and I. And he was nailed to that cross. And he hung on that tree. And he could have came down. He could have called 10,000 angels. But he stayed there for you and I. His side was pierced. Out came blood and water. And he stayed there for you and I. He was laid in a tomb. And he stayed there for you and I. And then on the third day, he said, well, they've seen enough. Let me get up and let me get out. And let me let them see me so they know that this is real. And then let me give them some direction. And he came out of that tomb and he gave us direction. And now he said, I need to impart to them some knowledge so that they can stay on the straight. And he said, my word is sufficient for you. He has given us all things. All things mean all things pertaining to life and godliness. And then most of all, he demonstrated agape love. The strongest Greek word for love, agape love. He demonstrated that by dying on the cross. And he still demonstrates that by preparing a place for us in heaven. And I conclude with this right here. 2 Peter 1.10 Therefore, brethren, be ever more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an interest will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It could be no more plainer than that. We have to add to our faith. If we don't add to our faith, then our faith is overshadowed by that which is replaced for the knowledge of Jesus. God gives us opportunity to share his word. He gives us opportunity to let our light shine. There's opportunities all around us. But the first opportunity he gave us is you and I. Was me, was you. The opportunity to be saved, to serve him. I want to call our shepherds to come up at this time. And we're going to go into a time of prayer and at this time, if you haven't given your life to Christ, I want you to come forward and do so now. The water is already ready. We can baptize you today. If you've been walking as a Christian and you hadn't been growing, then I want you to come forward. And I want the shepherds to pray with you about growth and understanding of God's word. The opportunity is yours. The lesson is yours. I want you to come as we stand.